thought the job was done. They thought it was all behind them. But sometimes, the past doesn't stay where it belongs. Now, Brad and Andrew must fight to protect all that they've built. The stakes have never been higher. And the beer has never been colder. This year, the epic continues. This is the Brew and View Podcast. podcast you uh you must be brad i am as always you are i'm andrew and therefore it must mean that we are back uh counting down a top five because we are the podcast that uh critics are saying is going out of their way to make sure you guys get some content this week that's right yeah yeah so we just recorded um the i'll leave it in the descriptor um, but we're we're doing double double damage this week, um, just so so you know there's not as much of a gap between episodes. Um, why don't you guys yeah, give this a listen? Why don't you let us know what you think? Like, is, should this be a thing? Well, and and the other thing is like we, it's it's not unheard of us for doing two and a half hour podcasts. Like, mm-hmm. and I know that is a hard thing to probably listen to. So yeah. if we do that every and. We don't want to miss a week. No, we don't have to. Exactly. Uh, but uh, well, you'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what? I trust you. Yeah. We'll we'll uh, we'll all get it done together. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know we're we're still here drinking beers. Brad, how you doing on that crawler? Uh. <laughs> what what crawler? He says. It's all done. Mm-hmm. But I did, I did, I did a really good job. I, I um, uh, we did what an hour and thirty minutes probably yeah. on the last episode. I, I paced it and finished it right on time. time. Nice, right. love it. All right, so um, this week we're counting down uh, our top five musical cues. Uh, now, this is a little more specific than just soundtracks or music in a scene. Yeah, it's a little esoteric, like mm-hmm. kind of like it's not like quite soundtracks because like you could have like a, a song playing over playing a scene where you're like, oh, that feels like no, it's not quite that, you yeah. know, it's um, uh, it's something specific selected uh, as a driving force for either the narrative, the scene, um, 
the or motive. Or it starts or it enhances the scene. Yeah. Or it's something that jump starts or complements or something that's uh, supplemental and necessary, yeah. not just. It's it's, it's like uh, how the how the um, the uh, Supreme Court defined pornography. Mm-hmm. You know when you see it. Exactly. Hmm. Well, now that's all I'm thinking about. Hmm. <laughs> Nine people in robes ruling. Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg getting it from all seven angles. Uh huh. Uh huh. Was it the the all twenty one or all twenty two? <laughs> the NFL broadcast. Cool. Yeah, I, oh, I, I hell really yeah, enjoyed this. Cool. Looking this up and like, and to be honest, like, and to like pull back the curtain, like, I was you know this is a day's worth of top. Like, I could have probably researched this for the rest of my life and probably could not would find like say I would have a week to do it mm-hmm. each week for the next fifty two weeks. I'd have a different top five. Yeah. And we yeah. could honestly, we could have broken it. We could, if we wanted to, break it down by director. Yeah, by, for sure. Yeah, like there's so because many. Because there's directors known for it. Right. Like, I mean, Scorsese. I mean, I think uh, the way we you described it to me was, um, and I guess it's a risk of burning one for well, you, or is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, then we it's, won't. It's then we my won't. my number one. It's it's the ultimate example in my uh, eyes. You know what? Uh, well, then how about the the Tarantino? Okay, so like at the beginning of uh, Pulp Fiction, mm-hmm. when um, uh, uh, I can't remember the names of the characters, but they're they're sitting and talking about uh, doing the, and this might be an opening credits type thing, but like mm-hmm. as they're sitting this deciding whether or not they're going to rob this place. Yeah. And then she stands up on the top of the table and says, everybody give me your, all your money. And all of a sudden, bomb, blah, 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 yeah, you know, it, that type of feel mm-hmm. to uh, a, a musical stinger. I, I w- I've yeah. heard it described as. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I think you'll get it. Listeners, yeah. you'll understand. And if you have any to contribute, please. Please, please, please. please. Yes. Uh, where are we at? We're at Broomview Pod on uh, Twitter, BroomviewPod at gmail.com. And, uh, we're, you know, we're still drinking beers over here, so hit us up on Untapped as well. Yeah. But we're not going to get into this week. We're more of the view this week. Yeah. And exactly. I'm going to start up with number five. Heck yeah. All right. And uh, so, uh, well, we're going to, um, so, okay, it, it's going to be hard because we're going to, we're going to be throwing in, we're going to do a lot of musical, yeah, we're going to, we're going to throw in some musical cues. Yeah, exactly. So I'm going to describe it a little bit, uh, but for this one, there's not a whole lot of description to be, to be made. And this is my only Scorsese um uh, contribution this week because there's so many that could be done, but this is one that I actually love and I love this band as well uh, because I because everyone hates them or everyone not everyone knows it, but everyone knows this one song. But they they have such a big catalog. Uh, but it's from uh, 2006's Departed, mm-hmm. and it's right whenever all the shit's about to go down in the Departed, and they're going to be shipping up to Boston. I don't know why anyone would hate this song. <laughs> I, I, uh, I like the Dropkick Murphys. So uh, yeah, I I really like them. They have and they do have a great catalog. They, they have do, so much they, more. This was song. like their one like their breakout hit. Yeah, and and like they they are they're like uh, modern day punk. Yeah, they're very uh, punky. This is definitely a crossover hit for them. Yeah, and uh, they have. I mean, if you look and see how many albums they have out, they have like 16 albums out, and it's crazy. And um, they have some very subtle songs. They have some very kind of racist songs and very misogynistic songs. But that's what punk is. That's and, a, it eh, sounds like I'm, Boston. Yeah. Never been. <laughs> Just going off yeah. the movies. Uh, but uh, for this movie, uh, in The Departed, and, you know, you could go to Goodfellas and... and Casino and all those great Scorsese movies, uh, but in The Departed, I think which which he got the best uh, director award for 
which he probably shouldn't have because he should have got it for um he, he should have got it for Goodfellas. For Goodfellas, Goodfellas, Raging Bull, Mean Streets, arguably. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean. But he went against, I think it was, uh, what, Dancing with Wolves, and he lost it there. Best picture. And, um, but he got it for this. This is kind of like their makeup thing. But, like, The Departed is a fucking great movie, except for that last scene where the rats are standing. But, um, the, uh, this musical hit, it, mm-hmm. It's it's when all the shit's going down, right? And it and and um, shipping up to Boston is such a, um, uh, uh, I mean, all these songs are probably visceral, but like it's yeah. it's a uh, high pace. What's going on? It's it feels like you're on coke, and it's all very the primal. Are on coke on this yeah. movie in this movie, and it's just it, it it like I've heard him say in his own voice where like he writes scenes around. The music that he's thinking of, yeah. and it and it feels like it it makes it uh, it, it stands up to that uh, description, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's a I love this scene so much. Uh, Departed is not streaming right now, but if you haven't seen it, go buy it for God's sakes. It's worth the watch. It's a nice little movie. Diddy, <laughs> pretty little Diddy. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm I I'm thinking about it now. I like uh, them. If you like, uh, if you like Dropkick Murphys, maybe uh, you might want to check out also kind of misogynistic and kind of racist, The Tossers. They're a Chicago um, punk band, very very Irish as well. Yeah, what's crazy is like most of the punk bands aren't that like racist and or misogynistic. Mm-hmm. They're just kind of they're they're just playing to a scene. Like they yeah. don't really care. Well, yeah, it's like Green Room. Yeah. Like, yeah, Green sure. Room is kind of the opposite of that, but like, uh, well, oh, they're, Fear. They're... Fear has, like, um, and I think they were talking about this in the after disaster recently, but Fear has, like, a huge, like, Nazi following. Even yeah, before which... Nazis were back, it's just weird. But, yeah, it's for some reason. They glom onto it for yeah. some weird. Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, my number five is uh, from a, a man named Gary Wright. I'm really not familiar. <laughs> this is funny. I'm looking at him on Spotify right now. I'm really not familiar with his music. But three of his top five songs are this song appearing on different albums. Um, and... Uh, this is uh, a little movie called Wayne's World, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, down in uh, 1992, there, uh, the song Dreamweaver oh. <laughs> by Gary Wright. It's a total left field. I mean, the, I'm pretty sure the first time it comes on is over uh, a cover of a Ted Nugent song. It's yeah. just so out of left field and so out of place kind of like the whole idea of uh wayne uh wayne falling for someone uh and it's just it's one of those where it just exactly it's kind of like the swelling of uh i wish i knew what it was but there's this like certain swelling of music like whenever someone's like i feel like in cartoons when like bugs bunny sees someone he's in love with like this is the real world equivalent or like live action equivalent. Right. 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 Weaver. Where he, uh, his, he lifts off the ground and mm-hmm. his, uh, toes are twinkling. Yeah. Twinkling. And he's, he's got hearts for eyes and yeah, yes. exactly. Thank you for being on the same page as me. <laughs> so yeah, Dreamweaver, uh, it's always kind of juxtapositioned with some, uh, very, very different style of music. And because uh, they're uh, they're kind of metalheads, I think they're metalheads. No bet. Yeah, um, but they're they're rock and roll guys, and this song is anything but rock and roll. And it it just when you when you hear it, you know uh, Wayne is uh, is pining for his love. That's right. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't speak to the quality of Gary Wright's music though. No, I, I can't either. I don't know much about him. 
Uh, oh, here we go. Bio. Most closely associated with his atmospheric 1976 smash Dreamweaver. That tells me everything I need to know. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Dreamweaver. I believe you can get me through the night. Hmm. <laughs> all right. Well, going from the, I don't know, the sublime to the more sublime. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not. Uh, kind of. Um Back in 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I guess. And uh, you know what? This is probably the point where we're going to. Uh, why don't we throw it in. Right. Right here. We got Fight Club. And we got the point. And this is almost like the end credit scene. But yeah. like it's. Uh, the Pixies, where is my mind? Um, the point where um, uh, uh, Ed Norton's character reveals that he he knows what's going on and he, he doesn't know where his mind is. Yes. Spoiler alert. Mm. And uh, uh, it's just like it's it's. A, I know it leads into the credits of yeah. the movie, uh, but it is a. It's it it's a perfect because this movie is fraught with or it has a lot of musical stylings and it is very of it in in of its time but like mm-hmm. it, it it doesn't feel like it ages it, it's not going to age poorly I think it's going to age really well because it doesn't feel like there's no you know we don't have to deal with cell phones there's no um, there, uh, there's no like referential humor or anything like that, you know. Right. Uh, it, it it feels very uh, timeless. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Pixies, they're like Pixies had had long since been broken up by the time this movie even came out. Right, and so. like, and it's it's a perfect song for it, and. Yeah. It's it, it it's the perfect song for the end of this movie because you're just like the first time you watch this movie, your mind is kind of blown because you, I dare anyone to say like everyone could say oh I saw the Sixth Sense coming, like I saw that coming, so but no one saw Tyler Durden being yeah Tyler Durden, you right, know? right 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 we don't talk about Fight Club that's right kind of a rule kind of a rule we have. Uh, yes, I, so I love this song. I love, uh, Pixies. I kind of, if I'm being honest, I, I hate that this is, I think it's a great song, but I kind of hate that this is like the song that they're known for. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 in I, my yeah. opinion, cause I'm, I'm a big fan of the band. I, I feel like they have so many good songs. And just on that album alone. Uh, but that is, you know, the easily the most um, melodic, most uh, accessible song they've ever made, I would say. So, yeah, I'd I say it's it. probably the uh, equivalent to Radiohead's Creep. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Where, like, their, their catalog doesn't necessarily sound like Where Is My Mind, but it's hard to deny Where Is My Mind. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's it's a it's a, a very fitting tribute to that movie. It is, and it's very like kind of slow and sweet, and it's and and as like everything around him is is crumbling. It's like a nice. Oh, it it just as soon as that as as soon as it starts, like mm-hmm. he's like, I'm okay, I'm okay, everything's good, and all of a sudden, I mean, just everything cre- exactly crumbles around him, like. Yeah. It seems like everything's going to be fine, and all of a sudden, oh my god, <laughs> how's this going to work out after this? Where is my mind? Yeah, awesome, excellent. Uh, mine, my number four is uh, from 1989. Uh, very big. Big deal in the movie world, a uh, huge blockbuster, um, 
score by Danny Elfman, but a separate accompanying soundtrack was made uh, by Prince. Gentlemen, and let's broaden our minds. And there's a particular minds. scene in Batman from 1989 where Jack Nicholson's Joker uh, heads into the art gallery and uh, they play a little song uh, while they're broadening their minds called Party Man. And yes. uh, it's played on a boombox, but it soon takes over as the score of the movie. And uh, it's it just... It... Uh, I feel like it captures... It's a song that captures Jack Nicholson's Joker really well, and especially in hindsight where we've had... Um, another like tour de force performance of the joker uh this version he is a party man he is a trickster he is the clown prince of crime where there's really nothing funny about nolan's joker um he this is a little more like between the uh you know harmless Joker with the gun that goes bang, leading into the kind of nihilistic Joker that we get in 2007, whenever yeah. uh, The Dark Knight came out. Um, I mean, literally, he's painting inside yeah. the lines at this point. Yeah, like, he he's, is. He, he's, uh, and it is like, and the motif of the song mm-hmm. uh, uh, kind of is the motif of the art, yeah. which it, which he's des- desecrating and the the style he's going for. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting uh, and it, like it, it paints the scene, well, literally paints yeah. the scene for the uh, uh, what's what's about to happen. Yeah, or, or what's going on. And it's really, it's, the other interesting thing about it is, is I feel like it's the only, mm, I take that back, because Trust is pretty good too. But like, it's one of, there's I think 10 songs on the soundtrack and they kind of appear throughout the movie, just brief like snippets of them. But it's one of the only, um, it's one of the only ones that like fits within the movie. And like you said, the motif of the scene and actually really like um in caps encapsulates everything that's going on in the scene whereas all the other stuff is kind of like oh something's playing on the radio as it drives by like this was put in that scene to hammer the scene home mm-hmm. and uh for me it's just one of those like it's a great example of of something that works it's it's uh i love the song because it makes me think of the movie like the it's they are, I guess, why wouldn't they be? Because it's the Batman soundtrack. But they are inseparable in my mind. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, they are. I mean, yeah. it's... Uh... And there's other things. Like, I could listen to some of the other stuff on my list without necessarily... Well, like, I'm sure I'd remember, like, oh, that's from The Departed. That's from other stuff we're going to be talking about in the future. Uh, but... I can oh, listen this to it is, independently. This is, there's, this there's is no distinguishing yeah. it. Yes. This is what it's from. This is dependent on that scene, and that scene is right. dependent on this. So No, that's a good pick. Yeah. Good pick. I like it. Um, uh, I should say uh, The Departed is not streaming, and Fight Club is not streaming anywhere. So, uh, But if you haven't watched those two movies, then shame on you. <laughs> but my third movie is streaming on Netflix from 1987 mm. and we go from a uh we go uh, it, this is a movie that is totally different in like it's like cut in half by anybody's uh description it like there's there you can't get away from what it is from one movie to the next some people say it like it's a great half a movie and it does de- devolves into something different uh but in um 1987 Stanley Kubrick masterpiece full metal jacket Mm -hmm. we go from one thing to another we go from boot camp and all the crazy stuff that goes on there with uh private pile and stuff Mm -hmm. and then we go into a war zone where we're 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 slowly going into a uh a a town that has been bombed out and been decimated and the people were fighting and then at the last moment one one grunt takes a couple shots and all of a sudden you hear 
And that that is a tonal shift and a and a a totally different. Um, oh yeah, it goes from like uh, very uh, serious and it all of a sudden to the point where like, oh this is this is what these people were listening to at this time. Like this is the the song of the day and and you hear the bird is the word and and then you get to introduce to all the the um, the new people that are introduced like you had mm-hmm. cowboy and you had joker and you had private pal but now you get into <laughs> what is a uh, uh, mother lover and mm-hmm. like all that you know the the uh the the cd side of war yeah. and um I, it's it's such a great song to kick off that second half of that movie yeah it is it's definitely a tonal shift for sure um but yeah i agree man i i i, I don't know i i understand because it is they do kind of it does feel like two different movies but at the same time, like I, I just can't imagine one without the other at this point. Well, yeah, but like when you think of Full Metal Jacket, you don't think anything other than Arlie Ermey and yeah. uh, Sergeant Hartman. I mean, that's what you you know. Yeah. Get on your knees or get on your knees, scumbag. You know, it's that's what you think of, mm-hmm. and you, you it's uh, there is some very heavy shit that goes on in the second act of that movie. Or I mean, it's a, pretty much a two act movie. Yeah. Or uh, maybe a six-act movie where you're, you know, you're going through the three acts in the first part and the three acts in the second part. Maybe, yeah. I don't know if it goes full, but yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I like that. It's a good pick, and it it does, um, it does set up nicely for that that shift. Uh, what is my okay? Sorry, getting a little lost here. But I'm That's all right. But I'm back. So I, uh, this one is kind of the opposite of what we're talking about, um, where it it kind of closes out a scene, um, very intentional, very specific. Uh, from 1972, uh, The Godfather, and of course we have a. Uh, Nice, nice little ditty. Who could forget Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas? Um, Hmm. This version performed by Al Martino, um, who, according to IMDb, was actually uncredited. But we're giving him credit now, and the format that really matters, the Broomview Podcast. That's right. So, um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, whereas um, instead of music, like, kicking off a scene or... or, um, leading into a scene um driving the direction of a scene this closed it out um we have kind of a little bit of a montage um you know uh michael and Kay are doing some christmas shopping uh little little things here and there checking in with the family and then you have luca brasi who is um he is in his apartment and he is loading up a revolver and as he closes the chamber, um, I'm not actually sure that that's what you call it on a revolver. Uh, but as he's doing that, you you hear faithful. The song ends deliberately on faithful friends. Right. And this was when he was going to go undercover to try and uh, infiltrate the Tadlia family. Right. Yeah. Um, and it is just it's one of those like brilliant little things in the godfather that is honestly easy to miss i don't know if i ever i it was pointed out to me in a film studies class to to be completely honest i don't know if i ever would have noticed it without it um but it's just that that subtle care and that detail that goes into it and it is um Ultimately, Luca Brasi's tragic flaw is that he is a faithful friend, and the entire criminal underworld knows this. So that when he uh, 
tries to um, gather intel. Spoiler alert, no one buys it, and hmm. he, uh, he gets taken out um, because he is such a faithful friend. And it's just such a, a sweet and somber and innocent song um, reflecting of, of a time of like family and friendship and kinship and um, juxtaposed with this violent criminal underworld that all has this really beautiful um, romantic veneer over it in the godfather um just a really really great moment and and like you know christmas music we all i guess there's some of us who absolutely love it and are psyched that it's going to be playing 24 7 in like two months when we get into august here really really ramp up into christmas season um but then there's those of us who just can't stand the shit and uh, i think it's contrived and everything but even like something that's just so um ubiquitous i guess yeah you can take um like a good director can take that or good editing take that and and add some real like layers to a song that is just so simple and so surface and it 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 it, it's so hard to you know Work it, work it, and weave it in to the point where it is very effective, right? Yeah, and it, absolutely. Like, and you have to; it's got to be done with a deft hand, where you, it has to be heartfelt and meant. Like, mm-hmm. um, and just like you were saying, it's just like it's ubiquitous, and like you've heard it a million thousand times, and like yeah. you're just, I'm done with it. But when it's put into a certain scene. Yeah. Then it means a little bit more. And that's, I mean, I know you're talking about The Godfather, but like, you know, Scorsese does it so deftly and Tarantino does it mm-hmm. like as well. Yeah. And, absolutely. But with more obscure and very. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Usually, like, if you hear a Christmas song in a movie, the only point of that is to let you know it's Christmas time. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, yeah. But here, it's, it actually, they, they add a little nuance to it. Uh, mm-hmm. The Godfather is streaming on Netflix. Of the movies I've listed so far, that is the only one that is streaming. Mm-hmm. So check it out. Well, <clears throat> my number two is, is the same song, but it's two different movies. So Whoa. there's a tie. So, um, I'm, yeah. Uh, uh, they're two totally different movies. Well, maybe not totally different movies, but uh, Queens Don't Stop Me Now. <laughs> nice. Between Shaun of the Dead in the uh, the barroom scene where the jukebox goes off, and Hardcore Henry when he is he finds That's his right, adrenaline. Yeah. And I love like like I am a sucker for Queen, and I can't wait for this movie to come out. Mm-hmm. Because it is a fun song. Like I, I was listening to it over and over and over again while we before we were recording, mm-hmm. and whilst we were taking peas and all that stuff, I was just listening to. Don't stop me. Now. Well, yeah, that would hurt while you're taking. Having pee. a good time. That's right. Yeah, it burns. It yeah. burns. Yeah, it's like a sharpie to the urethra. <laughs> That's right. I don't know what that feels like. Or me either. Ah, uh, yeah, awesome. Um, the great thing because about that in Shaun of the Dead, it's it's choreographed, right? Yeah. And well, in so same thing in Hardcore Henry, which I need to make more references to Hardcore Henry in this podcast because I love that movie so much. It's so innovative, but um, the the fight scene, the end fight scene, and that, and uh, the pretty much the end fight scene in uh, Shaun of the Dead where yeah. they're, you know, taking taking turns with a pull cue, you know, whacking, whacking. Uh-huh, 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 uh-huh. Yeah. And um, it's just, it's great. And it's such an upbeat song and fun. Like, that, that song should be played at weddings. It's so good. I don't think many people know it. Yeah. I'd rather hear that than the chicken dance. Yeah, um, they kind of sound the same. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, the, the great thing about the use of, of this is we're talking about two different movies, and I can flip-flop and picture both of them. Per- and I've only seen Hardcore Henry, Henry once. I've seen Shaun of the Dead pretty countless times, I would say. Um, but I can flip-flop and be like, okay, that's that's on this, that's is this. Um, and it is just such a uh, driving force of each scene. And um, obviously, like you said, Hardcore Henry. Hardcore Henry is probably choreographed to hell and back. Um, but yeah. it feels, the action feels a lot more natural. Whereas the choreographing in Shaun of the Dead is definitely played for laughs. Tongue in cheek, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just, that that is a song that works in both those scenarios. And I'm trying to, like, I guess it's always a good sign when you think of something and you're like, wow, I can't imagine another song playing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And in 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 some in what's what's great about it is like if you pulled off in the movie and you mm-hmm. can't think like uh, Layla, right? And you're thinking about um, mm-hmm. the uh, you know the closing scenes or so in uh, Goodfellas, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you're thinking about. Like, you're right. thinking of, yeah, you know, Henry Hill trying to get away with all this stuff and all that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but they, but they both of those, it, and it's not just like over, like over the, like over the action going on. It is a part of the action going on, right? Yeah. It's, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I. I like it. That's a great song. You're right. It that definitely. I think. Uh, I don't know. I guess Bohemian Rhapsody takes the cake as the one that just always, without well, doubt, one, is right? yeah. That's the one when you talk about Queen, um, and like Fat Bottom Girls. But yeah, that should be that should be up there in the in the Queen lexicon. I agree. I like it. All right. Um, let's slow things down a little bit. Uh, my number two is uh, from an elevator scene. So it only makes sense that we slow it down a little bit. Uh, this particular elevator scene involves a two men, one armed with a gun, the other a hammer. And uh, the guy in the hammer might may or may not be wearing a jacket with a scorpion on the back. Uh, this would be a little movie called Drive from from the old uh, Nicholas Wynn and Refn. Uh, Oh, my love. Uh, Such an incredible. uh, So when you think about Drive and you talk about the soundtrack, there's it's those like cool synth beats, like pulsing drums, kind of electro kind of 80s stuff and all, all the like cool visuals that accompany it. This is one of. There's a couple brutal scenes in this, but this is one of the most brutal scenes in Drive, and this is like the least cool music. It's very slow, very operatic, and right. um, very just almost um, tongue in cheek. When you have uh, Ryan Gosling, Carrie Mulligan, um, he leans in to kiss her, and then hmm. <laughs> just goes to town on this dude. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's. Um, it's such a uh, a great. I, I if you can't tell, I'm a total sucker for for uh, audio and visual juxtaposition, um, and it just it's so brutal and so unforgiving visually, and the music is just so um, sweet and slow, and it, it, it's just it, it, it's. Um, Stuff like this is so interesting to me uh, because it takes it's both a realist. It's like a gritty and casual approach to cinematic violence. Like it, it's um, casual is maybe not not the right word, but such an indulgent, indulgent but realistic approach to violence. Right. And Tarantino is kind of known for the same thing. And to me, that's. You know, no, well, uh, Tarantino is different, right? Like he definitely he, he indulges the violence. Refn, like um, he doesn't embrace the violence. He 
he uses the violence as a as a uh, as a way to emote, mm-hmm. right? Because like Tarantino, it, like he embraces it, and that's that's what he, he is. Like yeah. Refn will 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 take the violence, whether it's like uh, eating somebody or <laughs> yes. killing somebody. Like he 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 lets it speak for itself. Yeah, you know where where Tarantino will like he glosses over it. It's just like there's just blood everywhere, and that's what yeah. that's what I do. I actually I don't think he glosses over it. I so I actually this is something that I was uh, kind of came across and was thinking about while I was doing the research for this. Um, is is it better to to um, be graphic or pretend like it doesn't happen? Like when you have these scenes of mm-hmm. like these shoot 'em up scenes where like it's just puffs of smoke and there's no blood or to actually show this like sadistic, um, well more Tarantino for, for sadistic, um, violence specifically thinking of like, uh, reservoir dogs, but you know, there's so many in his catalog. Um, but is it, uh, better or worse to actually show this violence? Well, I think, I mean, I mean, for me, it like, I think Tarantino, like you get numb to it, right? Because like you have, there's so much where Ruffin, well, he, like whenever he gets that, that one scene, like he rebels in it and he like lets you stew in it. Yeah. You know, for better or for worse, like he, he will make you uncomfortable in that situation, whether Mm -hmm. where Tarantino, like, you know, like after a while, it just, you start to become numb is you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it, and I guess I'm kind of just choosing the two of them because they're they've both had some really graphic scenes and they both are very stylized directors. Oh, for sure. For um, sure. But specifically with Drive, uh, it it's uh, it's slow motion kind of to the um, to the tempo of the music. And even if it was just happening in uh in real time it it feels like a long time to watch someone get hit in the face with a hammer and it's it it's a little exhausting like i i was on youtube and i was kind of like without the context of the rest of this movie this clip seems like it's lasting forever well, that's that's why i think it's effective for him because yeah. like uh, like it's it makes you feel uncomfortable so like this is what real violence looks like it's not yeah. it's not some you know uh just you know uh gore faster you know what i mean yeah. like it's yeah it's it, it it makes you start to realize what real violence looks like mm-hmm. yeah it's unsettling um yeah. but so effective and uh it's such a such a change up from the rest of the music. Um, Cliff Martinez did the score, just very '80s inspired, uh, and then the actual the soundtrack of of the other songs is just so electro poppy. It's just such a good, it's just such a really good moment. But like a, it's super effective. Like I said, just without context, it's it's kind of exhausting. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. All right. Well, my number one, and like I, I want to wax on this. I want to tell you how important this is for me. Mm-hmm. Like I want to tell you where I was in my life and all this stuff. But like I, and I kind of will. But, um, but in the year two thousand, I was twenty four years old. Is this a Conan sketch? No. <laughs> it could be. You want to do it? In the yeah. year 2000. Um, but year 2000, like I, this is the point where I realized that movies were important and mm-hmm. where I love movies so much because I got introduced to actual, um, I, not that I got in, introduced to filmmaking, but like I realized what how you can be affected by filmmaking because like mm-hmm. if before you're tw- I was 24 and yes, maybe as a late bloomer, but like, you know, you could be affected by movies at, you know, five, 10, 12, 14, 17, you know, sure. 21 years old and all yeah. that stuff. But like I had to get out of my drinking phase a little bit. <laughs> uh, but uh, the movie snatch nice made me realize what, 
filmmaking could do. Like it, it, it was, it was fascinating. And in the scene where Mickey goes mm-hmm. goes against Gorgeous George, and Gorgeous George is kind of you know roughing him up a little bit, and then uh, Mickey takes his shirt off and ducks a punch and knocks him out, and then you hear the Stranglers singing Golden Brown. Oh was, wow! Is the most effective uh, soundtrack like literal um, just knockdown. like oh this is a tonal shift and this is how, where this movie is going this way yeah. and like it, it and like it introduced me to the Stranglers like I never heard the Stranglers before this you know yeah uh, and it introduced me I know to the song I don't know that I don't really listen to them, but I know I know the song because yeah, of this. That's a great pull. Yeah, it just it just like as soon as like he ducks a punch, a boom, golden brown, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just like it's such a, a subtle song after just a violent act. Yeah, you know, and uh, I don't think Guy Ritchie was better than at this moment in his life because, like. Nailed it. I mean, that was the best scene in the world. It's just a fantastic scene. And, like, uh, I will listen to that song while I'm running. I will listen to that song when I'm sleeping. Like, that song is applicable to any part in my life. Like, when I'm having a bad day or when I'm having a good day. Like, it's it, it affects me because of the way that movie affected me. And, uh, and it was just such a great... It, like, when you... The first... When you mentioned this, and uh, well, yeah, I'm sure it's coming up here yes, shortly. Yeah. But um, but uh, as just like juxtaposed from that, what you're going to be saying is this is the first thing that came to my mind. Yeah, and it's just I love it so much. It's awesome. Ah, it's great. I, I I guess this is in this will be all in post, so it'll all be there. But I can't wait to go back and listen to some of these songs. Yeah, oh, it, it, I had so much fun listening to some of these songs. I wish I had like a couple more days. Uh, we we did have a couple more days, but yeah, it was well, we back I, from us. I mean, we can revisit this in you know a couple months, a year. Yeah, have sure. a different list altogether for sure. Um, but my number one uh, is what I used as the example. Um, I would equate this to your uh, your moment with Snatch, as far as it's the one that like. This is what it. This is what it means to me. Um, one of my all-time favorite movies. You know, I, I feel like for a long time I was trying not to talk about this movie, um, and I had kind of a I had a self-imposed ban on it. But I I just can't stay away from uh, Scorsese, 1990, Goodfellas, uh, and really they they are uh, the opening credits. Come on. They're, uh, oh, it's great. It's like yeah. stuff flashing by. It's, it's yeah. taillights. Yes. Flashing, 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 flashing. They're, they pull over. Uh, it's red. You don't know these characters yet. You don't know what's going on yet. Uh, and then, you know, uh, the screen's, you know, pretty much just flooded with red light. Uh, open the trunk. There's a man in there. You don't know who he is. There's these three guys. You don't know who they are. Uh, and then all of a sudden the small guy just starts carving into the guy in the trunk's chest and then they just fire a couple rounds into him for, for good measure. And Ray Liotta looks just a little bit past the camera yeah, and slams and the trunk, slams the trunk. Uh, Stop. So great. As far back as I can remember, I wanted to be a gangster. And then that, that early crescendo in uh, Tony Bennett's Rags to Riches plays. And you are a flashback to the beginning of Henry Hill's life as a gangster. And uh, just just the song Rags to Riches, you know, he, poor Sicilian family living in New York. Um, and it is kind of the perversion of the American dream. It really is rags to riches. He makes something of himself, but it's 
you know, nothing that his parents would ever wish for him. And it's a fucking fantastic song. Tony Bennett, um, I heard a lot of his stuff growing up. Uh, I don't really, other than this song, honestly, I don't really listen to him all that much. Um, but I don't think he's ever better than this. Yeah, for you, it's, that's what it is. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, and it is so iconic, and it's just so great. And, like, I, it, it would be, like, it's it's so amazing because, like, Ray Liotta had no business being the lead actor in this movie. Like, none. None. Like, he was a no-name actor, and, yeah. like, he Scorsese was like, let's do this. And, like, that whole thing where he slams the trunk and he's kind of looking off into the distance, like, not looking right at the camera. Yeah. It's it's a perfect shot. It's, it is. It's just the perfect shot. And and the way that mo- movie starts, it's just, it's like, if, if, if it doesn't grab you right there, then you have no business watching movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And even if even you take away the music and it's just the scene is just completely shrouded in mystery if you're a first time watcher. You don't know anything about these people. And then and then that trumpet comes in and if that's not a hook yeah. what? Get out of here. Um, if you haven't seen Goodfellas or you want to revisit it, it's streaming on Netflix. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that's my that's my uh, golden brown example, my shining next. example. Um, and <laughs> I I kind of I hated to burn it, but I knew that it's the best example I could. Well, think yeah, of. I mean, it, it, it set the tone for it, right? Yeah, it, 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 it made it. And uh, I couldn't very not use clear it. to me. Yeah, uh, and it, 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 it opened my like I could have. I mean, seriously, like we could do this like every week. And like I would have a different top five because yeah. there's so many different ones, but like I, I'm really happy with what I have. But mm-hmm. um, like I'm sure if I did a more of a deep dive, like there's things that could stick out. To me. Yeah, yeah, we definitely. This would be a great one to revisit a few months down the road. <sighs> All right, um, just to keep you guys uh, up to date on everything that's going on, we're gonna be back next week. We're gonna be reviewing. Uh, Everybody Wants Some, which is streaming on Amazon Prime, and Last Flag Flying, also streaming on Amazon Prime, both uh, link letter movies, and uh, Chopper and Annihilation, neither of which are streaming. And then our streaming recommendations, just to reiterate them from last week, are The Last Exorcism and Escape from New York, both on Amazon Prime, and Manhunter on Amazon Prime, and Turner and Hooch, which is on Netflix. I like it. Yay, yay. And uh, it's getting late by the both of us. So uh, I think uh, we'll be back next week. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the meantime, Golden Brown. <laughs> Texture like sun. I'm the tech I don't think you want no action. You want action, you get turned into passing. Your boy's deep. Well, let's get to subtracting. Smith and Wesson made my night with some compassion. Fuck, fuck, fuck a 